0: Hello, anal lovers and the anally curious. Welcome to The Plug Podcast. Here on The Plug Podcast, we're all about taking anal sex conversations even deeper. From beginner butt stuff to advanced anal adventures, The Plug is focused on more pleasure and less shame for all of our bodies. I'm your host, Luna Matadas. I'm a sex and pleasure educator who is really eager to answer all of your anal sex questions and I'm bringing you special guest experts to expand our asplay knowledge. So The Plug is made possible by the fabulous B-Vibe. B-Vibe is an award-winning sex toy company. So they are busy innovating anal pleasure with body-safe toys with high-end designs that are focused on exceptional booty experiences. Welcome to episode five of The Plug where booty is on the menu. So we're talking about eating ass. Is rimming safe? Why does it feel good? How do you get to be a good giver and a good receiver? Our guest today on this episode is giving us lots of insights around analingus. I am so excited today to have a medical professional on The Plug to be able to talk about something that is related to our health, but that's also related to a lot of the ways in which we approach our health. So I'm going to welcome Dr. Carlton to The Plug. Dr. Carlton is a gay gastroenterologist who was raised in an uber-conservative tobacco town in the Deep South, but somehow made his way to training at the Mayo Clinic for a top-tier medical education. He landed his dream job in San Diego, where he's married to an amazing guy and has two kids. While he serves the entire community's medical needs, he is particularly proud to serve the local LGBT community in San Diego as a resource for healthcare without judgment or share. He stumbled onto TikTok, which is where I found him, during the pandemic and realized the need and hunger for anal sex education, and not just from the LGBTQ family, but also women and straight men interested in butt play. So many people are embarrassed to talk about anal sex or ask questions about it, but let's face it, most people want to know how to do it right, do it well, and do it safely. So who better to ask than a gay GI doctor who not only knows the medical side of things, but is no stranger to anal sex himself. Oh my gosh. Welcome, Dr. Carlton.
1: Thank you so much. What a pleasure to be on your podcast.
0: Ah, I'm so glad to have you here. And I'm so Eager and excited to get into all of your knowledge. I think it's so amazing that you're a sex positive medical provider, and that you also have this really specific and intentional focus on making medical care more LGBT accessible and and inclusive. So I'd love to know, you know, how did you did you dream of being a, a GI doc with a anal sex focus when you <laughs> we were a little boy? <laughs> How did you well,
1: get into all this? <laughs> well, you know, I, I grew up in South Carolina, super religious, um, you know, Southern Baptist church three times a week and church was my focus. I knew something was different about me, but I had, I really had no gay role models growing up. And I obviously struggled with the religious context of the context of my sexuality because of my background. I mean, in my hometown, there's a church on every corner. And let's face it, it, they aren't exactly um, manned by rocket scientists. So, uh, you know, it it was quite a struggle. Um, But I was lucky enough to get an education and get out of town to a a larger city in the state. I was able to get out to junior year abroad in England. It exposed me to a bigger, broader world with a bigger, broader worldview. I got into medical school. I met some awesome gay role models. Uh, It made me comfortable with who I am. And I ended up at the Mayo Clinic for GI Fellowship, which is the best place in the world to do GI medicine, which I, I really didn't even grasp at the time. I just kind of wanted to escape the blistering hot deep south on a July day and go to someplace cooler. So I chose Minnesota. Because I figured out oh, it had to be cooler in Minnesota than in South Carolina, <laughs> yeah. and um, I didn't realize I was getting in myself into six years of winter. But uh, but I got there, uh, had a fantastic education, amazing, world's best. But even even being said, you know, we still didn't talk about anal sex. You know, college, med school, residency, fellowship. People just don't talk about anal sex, and they don't talk about gay sex. So it took a lot of personal discovery, as uh, you know, combining that with my education, to be able to come up with material that would help other people not have to struggle the way I struggled growing up. I moved to Southern California because I, I wanted to be in a place where I could live without any sort of hassle. You know, It's, it's got its weather perks, which is great. Uh, I'm married, a, a fantastic guy. I have two kids you know, and life is beautiful here. So as far as wanting to do GI, I kind of fell into that because I met a really outstanding role model in uh, training at the Mayo Clinic who guided me into it. And I realized that there's so many facets of GI medicine. I deal with digestion, you know, reflux, ulcers, um, diarrhea, constipation, liver disease, Pancreas disease, rectal bleeding, you know, I, I find and detect and prevent cancer in so many people. And it's really uh, a fun job because I get to do endoscopy and colonoscopy to look for those things, which is kind of like playing high stakes video games. You know, you get in there with your camera, you get in there and you're looking for the you're looking for the bad guy and you want to get in there and take care of the bad guy. So it's it, it's just a lot higher stakes because if you do something wrong, you can, you know, mess somebody up for life. But, um, but obviously, um, I take it very seriously. I love what I do, and I put a lot of passion into it. as far as being a gay G i doctor, I mean it it helps me a lot because I understand a lot of the fears and needs that you know particularly gay men have, but anyone who has uh, that is into anal sex, you know we're worried about our butts and people need to have people they can talk to about that, who they aren't embarrassed to talk to about that stuff. A lot of people are so ashamed and um, they, they don't know how to talk to their doctor about what they do sexually. And it's really, um, it's really sad because I'll give you some examples later, but you know, I, I have people coming to me saying, Oh, I got my STD checks at the, at the clinic. And I'm like, Oh really? Oh cool. Did they swab your throat for gonorrhea and chlamydia? No. Well, did they swab your butt for gonorrhea and chlamydia? No. And I, I, did you, Do you have unprotected anal sex? Yes. Do you have unprotected oral sex? Yes. Well, then they didn't do it right. You know, you need to be able to communicate with your doctor about what you do so we know what to do to check, to keep you healthy.
0: I love, I love hearing your passion for creating a more inclusive experience for people who are accessing medical systems or in specific, you know, GI issues. And, and it's so with the last thing that you just shared about you know like did you get this checked or did you get this? And you know it, without that kind of prompt from your medical providers or being a self-advocate as a patient and, and so many people are getting missed in in that loop and I have a fantastic family doc um, but I remember when I was married and I was married to a man and there was no one ever asked me about anal swabs and it was only when I started going to like the free clinics and public health clinics that are, are much more open, open minded and I think inclusive. then I was like, wait, damn, what? And I was totally having anal sex, giving and receiving. And, right. and it wasn't considered part of my sexuality. There was this assumption that I was a one whole only kind of pony. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think, how do you think that this kind of inclusivity that that you're promoting on this this really important patient to provider level, like what can we do as let's say someone who's going to a provider that isn't, you know, friendly or is not asking about your sexual experiences? Like how can we, how can we encourage people to kind of speak up and advocate for their bodies?
1: Well, there's a couple of options. One is to just be honest and forthright and bring it up. Mm-hmm. And if the provider is okay with that, and they should be because that's their job, and really most of us are, we just forget to ask, or you know, some people it just doesn't even pop into their head because they just don't realize that that, that people do those sorts of things. Right. Um, if they re- if re- if they react poorly, then get another provider who it, you're you can be comfortable with talking about your care. Here in the U.S., we have the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association, which is uh, glma.org. And you can go into the website and type in your zip code and find providers in your area that are gay or lesbian or GLBT friendly so that you can connect with people who understand you a little bit better um, as far as that stuff goes. But obviously it's not just the gay community that needs to talk about their butts. It's the straight community too.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a great resource. Thanks for sharing that with, with folks. Because I think that there's there's also such a resistance to even people who are doing sexual health promotion to talk about anal sex. And I don't know if you remember a few years ago, Teen Vogue came out with a guide to anal sex. And people lost their shit. They were like, Absolutely. we're not teaching teens anal and why should we do this? And, you know, I found you on, on TikTok. And TikTok does have a generally a, a younger audience. And I thought, wow, this is so great that this person is bringing this information so that people get to know their bodies and not only can create more emotionally and physical safe situations if they decide to do anything, but really just having that awareness and education before somebody else, you know, sort of takes control of your sexuality. So how, how has TikTok been for you? Like how did, how did you become the butt stuff doctor on there? (laughs)
1: Uh, great question. Um, with the pandemic, obviously, with all of us shut in our homes and uh, not being able to go out to clubs and restaurants and bars and movies and things like that, there's a lot more time on my hands. And there's only so much Netflix you can watch. And my kids, who are teenagers, have TikTok and they would talk about it. And I said, hmm, one night, I'm, let me just download this app and see what it's like. Four hours later, I look up for my <laughs> phone and realize, shit. You know, you can you can go on here and you can get recipes, you can you can cry with people, you can laugh with people, you can dance. You know, it has everything that you possibly want. And it's so much better than Facebook and all the other uh, social media apps because there's generally not a whole lot of drama comparatively. So um, I was like, wow, this is cool. I dipped my toe in the water on a couple of posts that were not really related to uh, what I talk about now. I started gaining some followers. And then I thought, you know what? What am I good at? What do I know that I can help other people with? What's my niche? So I said, hmm, I'm going to do a two-part video series about butt stuff. And TikTok, obviously, because it skews younger, has a very strict code of things that you can say and you cannot say. So there's a very fine line to walk. It's a bizarre line. I don't understand it because you can be an 18-year-old girl with giant tits and sh- and shake around with a uh, a strong uh, with a string thong on, but if you say um, butt fucking or ass or cum or or something like that, then oh you know you're you're automatically deleted. You know, it just doesn't go anywhere. So, I learned what that line was. I I said, "Okay, let, let, let's try it. Let's put out a video about butt stuff. So I did a butt stuff one and two. And part one was how to prepare for anal sex. If you want to want to prepare for it, how to lubricate for it. And part three was a special, a special exercise tip that I have to make people relax for it. And immediately, as soon as I posted the the two part series, the first comment was from someone's mom. And she absolutely went apeshit on me for posting something like this on social media. And I immediately said, hmm, Okay, I can either delete these videos or I can just delete this woman and block her. (laughs) And I I chose to delete her and block her. And then I woke up the next day and had one point four million hits on these two videos and 50,000 new followers. And I said, whoa, I have stumbled onto something that people need to know. And I thought initially, oh, it's just going to be all the gay dudes on TikTok. And I, I looked at the analytics of it, which you can do when you have a little bit more followers. And it turns out the majority of my followers, slightly, uh, were women. Mm-hmm. So it's women and it's straight men and it's gay men. It's, it's trans folks. Everybody, there's, there's such a, a huge need and want for anal sex education. Because let's face it, in, in school, we never got anal sex education. Nobody talks about it. You know, nobody in sex ed in school talks about butt fucking. So I thought let's let's do our best to try to to teach people how to do this well, how to do it right, answer any questions, demystify it. And over time now, I've gotten up to I guess today I hit 40 142,000 followers. So it's a pretty significant platform. And yeah, I'm not one of those million or 6 million follower TikTok guys, but but it's still a really significant platform and, and the reach of it has been amazing to the point where things are coming out of this that I had no idea would ever happen. I'm getting followers in places like Saudi Arabia and Iran where it is illegal to be gay and you can be executed for having gay sex. And they're frantically texting me. Oh, my God, I had anal sex. It was unprotected. And there's something on my butt. I don't know what it is. If I go to the hospital, I could be executed. I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And I would say something like, well, go to go to my Instagram, which is the same name as my TikTok. And, you know, send me a vanishing picture of what's going on. I won't you know, I'll delete it. Right. It'll auto delete And I can kind of let you know at least what I think might be happening, you know, if if possible. And in this one particular situation where I think the guy was in Saudi Arabia, it was just a hemorrhoid. And to be able to relieve someone's mind from the fact that they're going to die because they had anal sex, it's something I never thought would ever happen in my life. So um, the impact of it has been amazing. Uh, You know, I, I get every day people applauding me and lauding me for all the amazing information that they're getting that no one ever taught them before. Or, or hell, I'm, I'm 50 years old, but I, you know, I wish you were around when I was 20. This, this would have been awesome. So, dispelling a lot of myths, teaching people what they need to know about safety, and just trying to be there for people on a private level as well if they have private questions.
0: Hmm, you are really it's it's amazing to hear how many different areas you're helping people in. Because I mean, this example of this person who is, you know, fearing for their life, and you're helping them reduce shame, you're giving them a safe experience, you're, you know, helping educate them. And and I think this is where I get so confused. I I don't understand all of the the censorship. I mean, I understand it from a a level of I'm also a sex educator and I mean Instagram has taken me down and you know, I can't think we're sensual, I can't, you know, all these kinds of I have to spell it wrong. And yet there are images and and Pornhub is on Instagram. And, you know, we're we're really careful about what we think is, you know, appropriate for people or or what people want to see. And that's, you know, very much white like wrapped into patriarchy and white supremacy and what bodies are okay and what's okay to talk about and yeah. Um, but, but I love, I love how you're kind of moving around that. Cause I, I think when I see your videos, I find them so accessible. I think they're so simple. They're not filled. I mean, you could probably easy fill them with a ton of GI jargon, but, but they're not they're They're really about, here's how, if you want to do the thing, or you're curious about the thing, or you're doing the thing and you're not feeling good about it, here's how you do it. Right. Yeah. And I think everyone's going to want to know. I mean, I'll link the video because I, I think I know which video you're talking about. But like, can you tell us what the special tip was that that, oh, <laughs> that you were given? Well,
1: yeah. It, and I have a link to it on my Instagram at Dr. Carlton, D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-R-L-T-O-N on my Instagram TV. But basically, it's the butt clock. Um, So if you think of the the anus, it's a muscle made out of circular skeletal muscle and internally smooth muscle on the internal sphincter. So it's a circle of muscle. It's a tight circle of muscle. So like a tiny little O. But if you think of it as a clock, if you lubricate your finger and slide in uh, with a firm extended finger in about two inches and you keep that that finger pressed out, extended and press over and use that pressure laterally again, like at three o'clock and hold there, what happens to that small circle of muscle is it starts relaxing. So that tiny circle becomes a little bit bigger. And then you go over to nine o'clock and do the same thing and it relaxes more. And then you go down to 12 and and, and up to six or up to six and down to 12. And that, that pressure on the lateral surface of the circle Makes it expand so that you can open things up so that that it's easier to get things in there, because first of all, it, you know, when it comes to butt stuff and we'll talk about this a little bit later, you can't just jam it in there. You can't just jam anything in there because you're going to hurt somebody. You're going to tear something. And let's face it. When you do that, it's over probably for a month. I mean, it's just not happening anymore. So this relaxation technique, it's what we use in medicine. I I use this trick in medicine to make guys relax for their prostate exam. We use it to dilate people's rectums when they lose a sex toy. So why not use it for for sex to make it a better experience? And um, yeah, so that's the tip I was talking about.
0: Okay. And we're going to link to to everything. So if you're like, I want to see these videos, don't worry. We're going to put all of Dr. Carlton's information in the show notes for you. Um, I love, I love that, that this is an actual technique, you know, like I think people want to jam things in there and they, they're not really understanding what, what you just described, which is the actual anatomy of the anus and, and how it works and what the pleasure is in, inside of, um, inside of the rectum. So this is awesome. If you're listening and you're like, I wish I had someone to eat my butt right now, but you don't have anyone, <laughs> that's okay, we got you covered. Um, the rimming plugs are a genius innovation from B-Vibe, and so they do what they sound like they do. They have um, an amazing vibration for, for anal play, and the vibration around the neck of the rimming plug actually helps relax the anal sphincter, which is often one of the most difficult parts of the butt to prepare for anal sex. So you've got this amazing body safe toy that comes in various sizes and that has a remote control that allows you to play with either a partner or with yourself. Sometimes booty plays easier with a remote control and it can be also fun and a way to spice things up by handing over the remote control to a partner. But definitely check out uh, the rimming plug petite. If you're a beginner and if you're more of an intermediate or an advanced anal sex explorer check out the tie-dye rimming plugs they are just beautiful and they are a special edition rimming plug so if you're going to get one grab it now and don't forget to use code luna l-u-n-a to save 30% off of your purchase at bvibe.com of any bvibe branded products which also includes their amazing thick and body safe water-based lube and you know my motto lube is life I was very, very excited to to have you on. I mean, specifically because you're you're a GI doc to talk about eating ass. Sure. <laughs> and Don't tell my mom, but um, we're, we're
1: <laughs> don't. On. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're like, yes. it's it's actually my favorite thing <laughs> yeah. to do, um, so I'm I, I'm all for talking about. <laughs> she it. Needs this education too. I don't know. <laughs> 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 well, I and and I have so many questions for you. I mean, I, I also would love to know, you know, kind of do you, do people ask you about this? Like do people ask about oral to anal? Do you get that on TikTok? Do you get that in your practice?
1: Yeah, I get I get I don't in, in practice, people don't come out and tell me, Oh, I've been eating ass. But if they come in with symptoms of something wrong, um, in the gay community, there is a, an infection called Giardia, which not every you have to have the infection in your ass to be able to spread it to someone else. So it's not that common, but it, it happens, right? And it, it causes really bad diarrhea and gas and bloating and stuff like that. So when people come in with those symptoms and, and I ask about their sexual activity, I'll ask them if they've been doing rimming or you know oral anal uh, just to get an idea, okay, what are the risk factors here? What's happening? So that I know... What things to order? So, okay. yeah, so. Um, and yes, all the time, all the time on TikTok, I get questions. You know, is it safe? Can I do it? Is it, it you know, um, is it dirty? Am I going to get sick? Or I did it once and I got sick, and I think now every time I do it, I'm going to get sick. Is that is that true? Yeah. So it's safe. It's absolutely safe as long as the the person that you're eating out doesn't have an infection, and as long as things are clean. I mean, the, the, the GI tract is full of E. coli bacteria and other bacteria. But if you take a shower before you have sex and wash that area very well, it's generally clean and ready to go. So absolutely safe. The things that you need to consider, you know, number one, if it's a monogamous scenario, the likelihood of there being any sort of sexually transmitted disease is going to be incredibly low. If it's a non-monogamous situation, it's always fair game to ask somebody how they're doing. Hey, are you having any problems with your tummy? You know, you have any diarrhea or gas or anything like that? Or just, you know, suck it up and take the risk if, if you're not willing to talk about that. So, like I said, in general, very, very safe as long as things are clean. The things that are spread... Uh, by oral anal sex are things like hepatitis, which most, pe- hepatitis A and B, not C, but hepatitis A and B, most people are vaccinated now against it. So in general, pretty low risk. Jardy infection, like I told you about earlier, which is a, a, a parasite-like organism that can cause uh, diarrhea and gas. And then more serious things like parasites, you know, in the in the, the developed world, pretty unusual. I mean, we don't, you know i can't remember the last time i i saw someone with a parasite infection so um it it's it, it's pretty rare but like i say there are some things that are spread uh sexually that you should keep you know be aware of you know make sure you've had your hepatitis a and b vaccine if if you know anyway i think it's important and then as far as giardia goes the other person's pretty much going to know that there's a problem you know <laughs> So that that's something to consider as far as, you know, what can go wrong, but what can go right is what's more important. There are tons of nerve endings down there. It feels so amazing. And as a giver, it feels great to give pleasure like that. I love doing it because I know it drives my partner crazy. So that gets me off to see that, you know, how how do you feel about it? How do you how do you feel about giving and receiving it?
0: Oh, my God. So I love eating ass. And I think for the similar reason to you in that it it drives the person crazy. They get to kind of sink into this. And I think especially for someone who might even have like a hang up about it, the fact that I get to make them comfortable with this and that I'm not worried they're going to shit on my face. I'm not worried I'm going to taste poop. Right. And, you know, like really giving that enthusiastic giver kind of vibe is, Mm, I think, so important for people. I love receiving it too. I definitely feel more self-conscious about my body than I do about someone else's body. And so I I have had folks who um, were really comfortable using barriers and, and either putting a dental dam over um, the anus so that that they could stimulate through that, and that for me felt very similar to just having someone's face in there. Um, right. <laughs> But
1: and I, and and there, and that, and, if, and obviously that's a that's a good way to get around the um, infection precautions as well. So
0: yeah, yeah. And and are you do you like receiving it as well as giving it?
1: I am just like you. I'm a little bit more um, self conscious about my own body when it comes to that. But you know, I I. Uh, you know I won't turn it down let's put it that way you yeah know.
0: exactly but don't you are like, <laughs> having it like come on I'm ordering yeah. it
1: here.
0: so <laughs> yeah and are Definitely. there do you think that I was I was I reached out to my Instagram followers the other day and I was like do you think butthole has a flavor and if it was a flavor you know what would it be and they said things like I, I wrote them down here. they've got barbecue someone said you <laughs> no. someone said Butter pecan ice cream. Uh, someone and someone said honey nut Cheerios <laughs> <So it's like laughs> all over the sweet savory map. Do you think it has a flavor, or if you could name it a flavor, what would I, it be? I
1: I I think it's a flavor that's very very distinct, and it's not any of those things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not geo for me. <laughs>
1: but but um, but it's a flavor I don't mind. You know, I, I, I find it very sensual and hot. So, um, you know, and it also, I guess it depends on what you clean up with, you know, you know if there's any sort of perfumes or anything in the um, in the soaps. But, yeah, I mean, it, there's a distinct flavor. And I think you have to you have to experience it to, to know what it is. It, yeah. do, it doesn't taste like it doesn't taste like shit or smell like shit. It's just a unique, unique experience.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I, I think that's what a lot of people have in their mind. And 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 I understand. I mean, it's really hard to separate like this is the function of our butthole for this purpose of carrying waste out of our body, and then we're going back to the same area to do something erotic. And so it can be a little bit of a mind fuck when we're we're thinking about doing something that might feel really good, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you know, I have some friends who Are mostly tops, and they say you know they'll hook up with another mostly top, right? And the way they the the way they eat coax them into bottoming is they go down on them and get them relaxed and realize the amount of pleasure that's going on down there, and it it makes things just go a lot um, smoother as far as relaxing and getting in the moment.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that that mostly top trick. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like,
0: yeah. Let's like, you know, make it easy for you to be a bottom, right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I love that. And are there, are there STIs that that we need to worry about for eating ass? Um, the,
1: the three, the three biggest ones, well, there are four, there four biggest ones that you need to be aware of, obviously are Giardia infection, which can cause, uh, bloating and diarrhea, hepatitis A and B, which are fecal orally spread as well as, you know, a is mainly fecal oral, but B can also be spread that way. Amoebas, like I said, are parasites. But, you know, in th- in, in North America, getting an amoeba infection from eating someone's ass is almost not going to happen, right? And then, you know, lastly, human papillomavirus is another one. But when you're going down there before you stick your tongue on it, inspect it. If you see warty lumps and bumps, don't put your tongue there.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So um, because human papillomavirus, one of the things that people don't realize about the butt is that human papillomavirus is a risk factor not only for cervical cancer in women, but also in anal cancer in men and women. Mm. So um, especially in the HIV positive population, there's a 70 times increased risk of, of anal cancer if there's coexisting HIV and HPV. But, you know, things like HPV, you can you can see. The, uh, the other thi- other three things, as long as things are clean back there, likelihood of anything happening is incredibly low and then when you add in that uh, dental dam barrier that we talked about um, that some people use, you know that's that's going to minimize your risk as well.
0: I love that so it's a, it's a fairly you know like there, there are some things that we need to to worry about, but the risk factor is is pretty low for I think what the what the perception is of it
1: Incredibly low for the perception of it.
0: Mhm. Okay. Well, I I definitely want to ask you for some tips for eating ass. I mean, the I love what you explained about like the the ass clock and and so is there anything yeah. else that that we need to think about maximizing like anal pleasure anatomy, those delicious little nerve endings on the butthole. And what can we do during eating ass to make the best out of it?
1: Well, I, I think that, like you mentioned earlier, that, that there are so many nerve fibers down there and it feels, you know, there's so much to potentially feel. You don't want to just dive right into the butthole, in my opinion, because the, um, the area between the anus And either the scrotum or the vagina is so rich in nerve fibers, lightly blow on the skin around it that, you know, that sensation just feels so good, you know, gently stroke that area. Um, Simultaneous stimulation of either the vagina or the, or, or the penis or the, even, you know, tickling the balls a little bit while you're doing it. Amazing. Start out and go inward. And I think that really, um, you just kind of start gently licking and go to town with it and go with the flow and kind of get cues from your partner. If it looks like they're enjoying something, keep doing it or keep mm. going back to it. If it looks like they're not enjoying a certain aspect of it, then do something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like get that feedback, like notice their breath, notice they're are they grinding into you. Are they moaning? Pick up Absolutely. on that stuff. Yeah. Mm. And what about for receivers? Is there anything that, that someone who's receiving eating ass can do? I mean, obviously give more of that juiciness for, for the person who's you giving. Know,
1: yeah. the, the biggest thing is, you know, get clean beforehand so that it's a good experience for um, the, the giver. And then just relax and let yourself go. Allow yourself to feel pleasure. Mm. Um, don't, you know, even if it's something new, allow yourself to feel pleasure. You live once, get lost in the moment, relax. Nothing bad is going to happen from this. Just let go and relax and experience it. And there are so many people that have no idea how great it feels because they've not given in to uh, letting themselves feel pleasure there.
0: Oof. oof. yes. Yes. That permission for pleasure. Thank you for highlighting that because it's, it's so much missed opportunity when we're stuck in our head or where, and you said something really lovely too. I mean, that, that nothing bad is going to happen. And a lot of times we think that if something happens during sex, that's awkward or messy or silly, that all of a sudden, you know, love or care or respect is going to be removed from us. And that's not really true. You know, we've all farted during sex. I sweat like a horse during sex. You know, we've fallen off the bed. We've had all kinds of things happen like bodies are gross and wonderful right
1: yeah yeah and let's face it that's that's where our waste comes out so sometimes things might happen so you know it's just part of it
0: yes yes and so what if you have i mean what if your butt is a little bit you know tender maybe you've got a butt boo-boo from IBS or fissures or hemorrhoids or something that makes anal pleasure a little bit more challenging or just like a different a different scenario for you what advice or yeah. how can you navigate that
1: well, uh, shockingly, there are a lot more scenarios than people really underst you know would even think about. You know, I, I talk about people um, as I, I talk I talk about butt stuff as you know almost everybody has one because not everybody has a butthole. Mm. Uh, there are people who've had it surgically removed because of cancer reasons or whatever else going on. So, you know, you you can't be a, a hundred percent on that. You know, <laughs> there mm-hmm. you know there are people with colostomy bags. Um, so as far as it goes with, with boo-boos down there, prevention is really key when it comes to fissures and hemorrhoids. So hemorrhoids are just the normal veins that encircle the internal and external anal canal. So external hemorrhoids are on the outside, internal or on the inside. They're normally present. Those hemorrhoidal veins are normally present, but when they become inflated and inflamed and engorged, that's what a hemorrhoid is. So the way you avoid getting hemorrhoids is making sure that you have a great diet with lots of fiber and fluids so that you're not having to push and strain for bowel movements. By decreasing that downward pressure when you have to go poop, you don't blow those veins out. So that's the that's the importance of a a good high fiber diet and bottoms these days. I mean, even like in the gay community, there's a there's a supplement that and I won't name the supplement because I don't I, I don't get paid by them. But there's a supplement that's aimed particularly at gay men who bottom so that they can more easily be prepared for anal sex because, it you know, fiber leaves less residue for you to clean up. So, uh, you know, psyllium husk on a daily basis can really prevent a lot of problems as far as hemorrhoids and fissures. A fissure is a tear in the anal canal. We talked about how you definitely don't want to just ram um, something in there because if you ram something in there and that's, that, that area isn't loose, it can tear. And that's what a fissure is. It's like a, a, almost like a razor blade cut in the lining of the, um, of the anal canal. And there's so many nerve fibers, like we described earlier. Basically, it's like a paper cut on your asshole. And if you can think of how badly that would hurt every time you ch- try to poop, not a good experience. So to protect from penetration injuries, slow entry, relaxation, excellent lubrication. To protect against exit injuries, like from a hard bowel movement, making sure that you, you know, have your bowel movements as regulated as possible, so you're not pushing out a giant poop that ends up tearing your your anus and and causing a fissure that way. So when those things are flared up, and I think this is what we're getting the point you're getting to when those things are flared up, you know, what do you do with anal sex? Well, if they're really painful and really flared up, you kind of just shelf anal sex until things kind of settle down a little bit. And for most people, it's just a couple of weeks for them to do that. There are ways around it as far as penetration things, like a silicone lubrication um, has a tendency to make things a lot sl- more slippery and a lot easier to navigate for penetration. But if you have active problems, like if your IBS diarrhea is super highly active right now, or you're you have a bad fissure there, or if you have hemorrhoids that are really bothering you, you probably don't want to engage in analingus or um, anal sex at that moment.
0: Yeah. Like give your butt a break. Let it yeah. do its healing. Let it do its thing. Yeah. There's so many things
1: we can do, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that this reassurance that just because you have these issues doesn't mean that, that you can never you know, have anal pleasure, that that we really are just like listening to our bodies and responding to whatever stimulation is available at that time.
1: Right. And you and you mentioned IBS. IBS is a huge issue. And you, you kind of, everybody has to know their own bodies. You have to know your triggers. You have to know what n- not to do to flare yourself and you know how to control your flares. So I tell people with IBS diarrhea, more predominant to Make sure you avoid lactose um, like milk products. Uh, Make sure that you uh, when you if you're cleaning out, make sure that you maybe take an imodium about an hour beforehand so that you're not having a lot of movements triggered. The other thing is that there is a gastrocolic reflex where when you eat, your body sends a chemical signal for your colon to empty. So with anal sex and eating, I tell people, it's really not a good idea to do it within an hour. I hate to be like mom with a swimming pool when I you know, <laughs> would eat in the summertime, but it's really, really not a good idea to um, to eat within an hour of anal because there's a there's a tendency for that GI motility action to happen. And what, what that is, is it's a signal sent from the stomach to the colon to empty so that our bodies make more room for the food that's coming in by making the waste exit. So there there actually is a scientific explanation for that. And everybody's different on that. Some people, it doesn't happen. Some people, it happens every single time they eat. They have to get up and go to the bathroom. Some people, it's five minutes. Some people, it's an hour. You never know. You just have to know your own body.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I really like your approach to that because I definitely have seen other people talking about anal sex, like advocating, like starving yourself for the day. And I kind of feel, you know, you know your body and if it's a taco bell kind of day then maybe it's not a butt sex kind of day exactly like figure it out you know you can refrain from things that that maybe irritate you or like you said like give an appropriate spacing amount of time for a meal but you don't need to dehydrate yourself you don't need to starve yourself in order to feel prepped for anal
1: right there's a joke in the gay community that whenever you see two men out on a date you can look and look and see what they're (laughs) eating to tell who the bottom is (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i love that i'm totally <laughs> to, whenever we're allowed to go back to restaurants i'm totally gonna to look at the date. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness
1: there's a there's a great um, meme on um on instagram the other day about um a bottom's birthday cake and it was basically a big slice of ice <laughs> uh, <laughs> with a candle in it <laughs>
0: Are starving bottoms <laughs> yeah
1: but it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way
0: that's really cute <laughs> um, do you get I, you know you mentioned um, uh, having to to dilate people sometimes for to remove things that that they've gotten stuck up their ass so I've right. always yeah. wanted to ask a GI doctor what's like the weirdest stuff that that you see up people's butt or that you've heard about have being stuck in their butt
1: well, you know, I've seen those same X-rays that we've all seen, like a, <laughs> yeah. a, of, a, of like a light bulb, uh, you know, yep. uh, or um, you know, bottles. I've yeah, had, I've, I've heard of bottles. someone yeah. someone come in with a small fire hydrant oh, or fire, yeah. fire extinguisher up their butt um you know people lose all kinds of things up in there like um you know they, they get a little bit too crazy with a vibrator who really wasn't built for butt play and it gets lost so um you know i i think you know i've talked about this before with other with other folks but you know if it doesn't have a flared base and it's not designed for butt play be very careful about sticking that in your butt because it, you know, butts are really hungry and they can grab onto things and uh, it creates a suction and it's lost, you you know, and then getting it back out is it's almost impossible. So you have Mm -hmm. to go and actually physically have your butthole dilated and sometimes under anesthesia and have somebody go in and reach in and, and pull it out.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So save yourself the trouble and make sure you buy toys with flared bases, <laughs> so that it anchors Absolutely. it outside in, your body. In,
1: in a COVID pandemic, you definitely don't want to have to go to the the <laughs> ER with a with with a zucchini up your butt. No,
0: it's totally <laughs> irresponsible <laughs> to do that. Right. <laughs> like, Very yeah.
1: irresponsible.
0: Think of the community when you're shoving stuff up your ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I I also think that you know, and um, things like butt plugs can sometimes give us those experiences that maybe, you know, I don't live with anyone right now. And it's it's pandemic time. So it's hard to meet people. And I've really relied on my butt sex toys, because they, sure. they definitely create sensations that are you know, B vibe has this this rimming plug, which makes it feel like you are getting your ass eaten. So I don't have to have oh. a shit conversation and potentially risk an STI. I can just like stay home and you know get my own ass eaten by by this sex toy. So do you oh, wow. do you ever? Yeah, we're gonna have to we'll have to find you one because they oh just-
1: definitely I. I, I, yeah, I definitely need. I need to invest in that. That sounds great.
0: It is amazing, <laughs> it's so innovative. I was like, whoever thought of this is genius. Um, but do you do you recommend, like, when you're you're talking with people about anal sex, do you talk to them about sex toys as a way of anal training? Because um, I find a lot of times bottoms for me, especially uh, if they're heterosexual cis men. They, they very much are relying on someone else to open up their butt and, and they've never touched their butt before. And then they're like, yeah, fist me. And I was like, it's probably not going to happen today, babe. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I have people come in who have just abnormally really tight buttholes. Like, mm. like I imagine that it would be almost impossible to receive anything in there. It's that tight. And I even wonder sometimes how does anything come out of that? hole? Um, because you know, it's gotta, it's gotta open up at some point, but yeah, I, there have been a few cases where like, I've, I've had straight cis men come in and I tell them, Hey, listen, you know, your butthole's tight. I could send you to surgery or you could go to the sex shop and get these progressively larger butt dilators. And you, you start with the smallest one, then you go up and then you go up and then you go up and do you go up over time until things kind of stretch out a little bit so that things open up so it doesn't create such a hassle for you. Yeah. So yeah, it's not something I commonly talk about, but I have recommended people go to sex shops to get toys to help them out.
0: Okay, I like that. Because I I feel like, do you think that it it also would help people who are really comfortable with their butt and they take things in their butt, but they want to take bigger things? So maybe they do want to get fisted or they want a really large toy or they want double penetration. Um, Are there safe ways to kind of stretch out the tissue? Is it just about going slow or... What do you what do you think?
1: Well, reaching reaching out to my fisting community, um, (laughs) I I bad pun. I actually actually had I had this conversation uh, because a lot of people are freaked out about putting big things up their butt. You know, everybody just imagines that they're going to be in diapers when they're 70 because they got fisted. And, you know, I wanted to bust that myth. So I asked people who've been doing this for like 15 years. Hey, listen, you know, when it comes to stuff like fisting, what do you do? What do you recommend? And we talked earlier about the whole clean out process. Well, for fisting, it's a it is a starvation day that day. And it is a clean out all day. Like you start cleaning out like eight hours before and then two hours before and then an hour before and then 15 minutes before. And lots of lube, and it's always important to have someone who knows what they're doing mm. to to be a top fister. Because if you know, you have to be able to read the the receiver's cues. Um, if something doesn't feel right, if if something is not pleasurable, and I always tell people, make sure you're not on any drugs or substances when you're when you're handling larger toys, because. You need to be able to read your body's response to pain because if something's going wrong, you want to be able to feel that so you can stop it. You know, if you get whacked out of your mind on drugs and you stick a giant dildo up your ass, there's a possibility that you could make things go very wrong. And I've seen people have perforations who got out of control like that. So, you know, absolutely being in control, gradually working your way up on things The, the, the anus has that tendency to, to really dilate and stretch out, but it also goes back down pretty much to normal pretty quickly afterwards, depending on the size of what you put in there and for the duration that you leave it in there. So, you know, if you getting fisted shoulder deep for five hours, it's going to take a while for things to kind of calm down and come out and, you know, and come back to normal. But if it's just like a 30 minute little, you know, you know, fist play, things are going to come back to normal within an hour.
0: Shoulder deep. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> like this is Pretty, our this is our friend have, of the day, shoulder
1: Right. <laughs> absolutely. It's Sorry, shocking you what you see on thing. things like Twitter, but hey <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're like, all right, I need to talk
1: to I need to talk to that guy and figure out what, his, what what's going on here, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's so great that that you were talking about substances, because when I teach at um, bachelorette parties, they're often saying things like, uh, you know, I'm doing anal because it's his birthday and I just get really drunk and then and then I do it. And then for, for gay men, I often hear, you know, well, I use poppers or I need poppers to be able to, like, take something bigger. And as a sex educator, I'm, I never recommend things like anal desensitizers or numbing agents, even though those are really easy to get at, at sex shops uh, for yeah. the reason of, like, your, your body's pain is the way of communicating with you. Absolutely. Really having, yeah. Yeah.
1: First of all, I hate the way those things taste. So if you ever get it in your mouth, it's over. Oh, second, yeah. second of all, like, and most importantly, like you said, you don't want to take away pain sensation because you need to be able to know when things are going wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there, is there anything else I, I didn't ask you about around eating ass or anal sex or, you know, the top tips from our gay GI doc that you'd like to share with folks?
1: Well, I think that, you know, I I think one of the the important things for at least for the bottoming part of things, I know we I I, I talk mainly about ass eating today, but one of the things that I think that's important for people who are new to anal sex or people who've been injured before is for the receiver to start off in control. You know, you know, Mm -hmm. your first your first pillar of this is is either knowing your body and knowing you're comfortable enough to go and have anal without cleaning out or to clean out whatever you're comfortable with. I personally prefer to have a clean garage before I park a car in there. So I I like to clean out with warm water, um, lukewarm, not hot, not cold, just to kind of get things emptied out to make sure that it's a good experience for me and for my partner. Not everybody's like that and not, not everybody has to do that. That's fine. Good lube is important. Obviously, um, my favorite is silicone because it doesn't gum up like water-based lube. That stretching that I talked about where you use the butt clock technique, also very key. And then start the bottom starting off in control, huge thing. That way, if you sit down on, on a dick or a dildo, you control how fast it goes in. How deeply it goes in at your own pace and your own speed until you can take some deep breaths and get comfortable with it. Because let's face it, the first minute or two of anal on the receiving end can be kind of a harrowing experience, especially if you're taking something pretty big, right? You want to be able to get in there and start off so that you get control, you're relaxed, you're able to breathe and handle it. And once you're relaxed and can start really going to it, then You can stay in control, which is pretty hot, or you can let the other person take over and just go to town. So I think that's a really good way to to start off with anal for someone who is particularly concerned about getting hurt or worried about pain or just nervous about the situation. If you start off in control, it's a lot better experience.
0: That is such a good booty sex tip. I think sometimes people interpret being the receiver with being a passive person in their pleasure and and having to be maybe submissive or to allow control for for someone else. And those might be themes that you're playing with. But in in what you're mentioning, to be able to warm up the anus, to feel comfortable, to relax your nervous system in that this is safe and that we're only going to go as far as it feels good. That's so important and, and such a great tip for more confident bottoms.
1: Absolutely. And one, one other thing, if, if it doesn't feel good or feel right, there's a million positions. Everybody's curves are different. You know, some penises curve up, some curve down, some curve to the left, some to the right, some are straight. Some dildos are curved, some some dildos are straight. Asses have different curves. Everybody's built differently. So you have to just find the curves that match up with whoever you're having sex with to make yeah. it a pleasurable experience get creative.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. figure out like what's going to feel good. That's a really good tip. I, I think if you get started and you're like, Oh, that, that felt awful and doggy and it was poking something where I've definitely felt things, um, either with dildos or with penises that it's the angle is just off and, and you yeah. can't get past that discomfort. So changing up the position is a wonderful tip.
1: Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So this is my favorite part of talking to anyone. I would love to hear your booty blooper story. And you have shared with us, I mean, so much of yourself already. And I just want you to feel joy in sharing your embarrassment with us now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, kind of going backwards a little bit when we're talk, talking about things at people's asses, I, I think I have to share the experience of almost it's sad, but it's funny at the same time. Um, it's one of those, oh, my God, I can't believe it moment. So I had a as a GI doctor, I had a consultation for an 80 year old man in the hospital who was having severe rectal pain. And nobody asked him why, because he's 80 years old. So I went into his room and said, sir, you know, we probably need to do a colonoscopy to figure out what's going on in your anus. Is there anything I should know about? Do you stick anything up there? And he goes, Uh, Yeah. Oh God!
0: If this story has a hamster in it, I'm I'm
1: terrified. No, 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 no! No animals are harmed. (laughs) Okay, all
0: right.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So he said, my wife drinks these little yogurt drinks that come in this like three-inch-long bottle, this little plastic bottle, and I'm straight. I'm eighty. I'm not going to go to a sex store and buy a dildo because we're just not from that generation and have her find it and think I'm gay. But I like my ass played with. So, I use her little yogurt bottles to give myself pleasure because the prostate's only a couple of inches in. So, with that pleasure center right there, it doesn't take that much to hit that. So, he was using his wife's yogurt bottles and one got away from him. <laughs> and he tried to go up with his fingers and pull it out. And when he grasped on both sides of the plastic bottle, it shattered and it flanged out like a fish hook and got caught in his butthole. He he was absolutely embarrassed to tell anybody in the emergency room. And then he couldn't pull it out himself because he was just going to do more damage. So that was one of those where we had to use the, you know, we had to take him down to the OR and um, get him under anesthesia and uh, uh, actually a surgical specialist uh, dilated his butt and got the um, offending yogurt bottle out of his butt. So, yeah, but, I mean, you can see how things like that would happen for this man at 80 years old, you know. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. We so were, humorous,
1: but uh, sad at the same time, you know. I
0: know, I had a lot of emotions in that story. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like oh, God, it phalanged in his butt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And and that story, I'm, I'm glad you shared that, too, because it, it also tells us, you know, how shame – is not only an emotional, you know, burden, it, it really is something that leads us to make decisions that that can be unsafe because we're we're too embarrassed or we feel ashamed absolutely. of what that might say about us. Yeah.
1: I'm sure yeah, you know, absolutely. And I and the the thing I leave people with when it comes to butt stuff, butt stuff doesn't have a gender, it doesn't have a sexuality, it feels great, it shouldn't be a source of shame or guilt. So I think that there's so much to explore there, and I tell, and I, you know, one of the things I feel really sad about for straight men is there are so many straight men that won't let anything go up their butt. I'm telling you, the first time I ever got a finger up my butt uh, and had somebody stimulate my um, my prostate gland while they gave me head, that sent me to heaven, like I will never forget. And to think that somebody is too ashamed to, or too toxically masculine yeah. to let something like that happen to them, it's pretty sad.
0: It really is. You know? It really is, and and what a, a disassociation from the pleasure potential of your own body. Absolutely, ideas. Yeah, yeah. Many thanks for 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 talking about that too. I think for. Um, you know, cisgendered heterosexual men. There's we we've got a long way to go <laughs> around yeah. making it more comfortable and accessible. And and um, my rule, and I mean this isn't everyone's cup of tea, but if I'm having sex with a cisgendered heterosexual man, you know nothing goes in my butt unless something goes in his butt. And so I, I tend to try and, you know, like find like partners that are open to it. I'm like that's the booty rule in my home. So
1: that's awesome. <laughs>
0: And I get a lot of, oh, I'm not gay, or I'm not into... And, you know, that for me also is, is such a turnoff. And so it, it, it very much, like, opens up this communication where I'm like, oh, like, are we going to have a good time together? Or, you know, are you coming in with this toxic masculine shit, and it's going to kill my orgasm? So, right. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think, you know, Dr. Carlton, I think the work that you're doing is so amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. And I'm grateful to have found you. And I think you're just this wonderful, you know, little butt whisperer that's like... <laughs> I,
1: helping I love that
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think i'm
1: gonna go have i think i'm gonna have um, t-shirts made with that on there the do it whisper.
0: do it it's yours it. <laughs> 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 it's on it's on i'm buying one as soon as you get them up they're mine <laughs> uh, no that sounds awesome yeah, thank you so much for, for being here with us and and really giving such an informed and wise and really empathetic approach to anal pleasure. It's been such a joy to interview you.
1: Uh, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do, because what you do provides education for so many people who need it, who are embarrassed to talk about it, who never got taught this in school You provide uh, such a huge education for people and I love what you do. So keep doing it. And if you ever need me again, I'm right here for you.
0: Oh, we're for sure going to have you back. I already am thinking the wheels are turning for an anal fisting episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe, I can um, contact one of my uh, fisting community uh, folks to come on with me. So that way they can give personal experience.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, that'd be so exciting. Okay, so everyone's got to stay tuned for that. That's going to come for you advanced anal adventurers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we're going to pop all of your information and um, your contacts and the way that pe- – or ways that people can follow you and find out more and learn more from you in our show notes so you'll have access to dr carlton and be able to connect with him and continue to see him on tiktok i hope your tiktok stays safe i hope that you don't get yeah. any well that's you know censorship
1: that, well that's why i'm um i've started building instagram too it, it you know it only has about five thousand followers right now but i figure it at least it's a jumping off point in case things ever go haywire
0: so smart so smart yes okay well we will be rooting for you and supporting you all
1: right well thank you so much i appreciate the opportunity to spread the knowledge and uh like i said and i always say on my tiktoks uh tiktok or instagram if you have any questions if you have any concerns if you just want to ask something i'm going to answer it Mm. um and privately and keep your information personal so that that you get the knowledge that you need from and if i can't give it to you I'll, i'll point you in the right direction
0: Oh, what a gift. Aw. Thank you, Dr. Carlton. Thank you. So, now I'm both hungry and intrigued. By my own fiber content in my diet. Uh, What a great episode to explore with a medical professional and someone who appreciates and is empathetic to the needs of our LGBT communities. Our show notes are going to have all the places you can find Dr. Carlton. I highly recommend his TikTok. And we're also going to include some of the toys that we mentioned. I learned a lot in this episode and am definitely going to be Googling things that were lost in people's butts in the ER in 2020. Um, And if you're eager for more anal pleasure learning, head over to bvibe.com and check out Seducing the Butt where you'll find our live webinar series as well as a ton of other information to help you keep building your butt knowledge. So until next time, bon appetit to your booty meal.